Welcome to the very first episode of Real Estate Investors Unscripted. I'm your host, Matt Rodak, founder and CEO of Fund That Flip. And since it's our very first episode, I thought I'd give you all an idea of what you can expect from us here at the show. Um, now, there's nearly an endless amount of content out there for real estate investors, right? There's online forums, online training, books, mastermind groups, and certainly uh, other podcasts. And a good majority of this content that is out there is designed to provide you with a playbook or a guide on best practices on how to think about building your real estate business. And by all means, you should take in as much as you can from all of these great resources out there. However, if you've been in the business long enough or if you plan on being a real estate investor, you will know that there is no silver bullet. There are no rules that work 100% of the time. In fact, the best real estate investors that I know are masters of improvisation. They use the best practices and they have a strategy that provides them direction, like a North Star, if you will. But they also know that uh, if they're going to be successful, they must improvise. In other words, if real estate was a play or a movie, you might think of it like somewhat unscripted, right? While there's a plot and a theme, the actors are given the ability to improvise in order to make the most out of the show. And that brings us to our podcast theme, REI Unscripted. Our show is focused around our guests' unique experiences, the edge cases, if you will. What we're focused on here are the scenarios that aren't written about in the best-selling books or taught by others. What we hope to do here is learn about those unique experiences from the experts that are living it uh, each day, and then how those guests improvised to win the day or what lessons were learned that they are now uh, implementing to grow their business. So with that, I'm very pleased to introduce our first guest. His name is Chad Gallagher. He's the founder and CEO of Slate House Group. Welcome to the show, Chad. Awesome. Yeah, super uh, super pumped to be on here. This is great. Yeah, cool. So I'm going to give a little bit about your background and company, and then uh, feel free to fill in any of the gaps that I leave out. So Chad's company, Slate House Property Management, they manage over... How many, how many properties, how many doors are you guys up to now? 3,000 units wow. we manage. So over 3,000 units, you guys have an in-house brokerage, which I think last time we spoke, 12 agents. Uh, you've got over 100 full-time employees. Uh, they're serving, uh, I think, more than 1,000 different property owners, maybe more more at this point. Um, you guys are you guys are operating primarily out of Eastern PA, Greater Philly markets. Is that is that right? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd really say Central and Eastern Pennsylvania, as well as Central and Southern New Jersey. Basically, okay. we go from like Trenton... Philly to Harrisburg and York in uh, Pennsylvania, and, uh, and yeah, and we're growing. So it's exciting, very cool. And I think the one of the things that I love most about your business is you guys are leveraging a lot of different technology to drive efficiency. Um, one, which I think is important to provide a first class experience to your tenants, um, but also those those thousand different property owners. I think what you guys are using like twelve different systems. You've got some some of your own built in house tools. And the result of this is uh, is is keeping costs low and, like I said, services high. Uh, you guys, I think, have some of the lowest property management fees that that I've ever heard of. And I think, uh, obviously, operational efficiencies that you guys have built, as well as that technology allows allows you guys to do that. So that's super cool. So, needless to say, with over you know over three thousand doors, you've, you've certainly have some unique experiences, which I look forward to hearing more about. I think uh, I think before we jump into that, I'd, I'd love to just have you tell. Tell us, you know, how did you get into this business? Everyone that I talk to that owns properties or is, is kind of in the property management business is always in, always like, this is a hard business. Um, yeah. 
how did you get your start and kind of how did you get to where you're at today? Yeah. So, I mean, I actually I have an engineering background, so I've always been kind of a math and tech nerd at heart. Uh, I worked in digital advertising for about 10 years, eventually running a mobile advertising company. And um, what happened was my best friend from growing up, he, uh, it's kind of a funny story. We were actually, we were going to a bachelor party of one of our friends. Uh, and this is like back in 2010 when like people were rushing out of real estate, not into real estate. And uh, his pitch to me, we were in the car for four hours driving to Pittsburgh. And it was basically, you know, we're both kind of, you know, math and tech nerds and said, we should start you know, using data and technology to figure out how to invest in real estate, but do it with the long term in mind. And so, you know, don't don't be so bothered by cycles of real estate. You know, at that, that, that time, you know, real estate was almost a bad word, but it was, you know, let's just invest for cash flow and, and be patient and use data and tech to, to make decisions. And so we did that. So we started doing some investing. We were self-managing the properties. We both had full-time jobs. And uh, we interviewed a bunch of local property management companies to try to find one to give our properties to and left that actually disappointed because no one was really utilizing tech the way we thought it should be done uh, and in a way that could allow us to scale. And so we made what was actually a hard decision uh, to have my business partner, uh, Nate, leave his uh, job as a math teacher and basically go start and run our property management company. Uh, and so, you know, from there, it's been a, a wild ride. How many, uh, how many, so how many doors did you guys have at that point when, when Nate made the jump into full-time property? Yeah. Management? I mean, I think we owned maybe 10 to 15, but we also knew there were a ton of other investors like us who had similar problems. So all in, we, you know, we probably had, 100 to 200 units under management that either we were already managing or about to be managing once we kind of made that jump. But yeah, that was a, that was kind of crazy. So what led then? Are, and are you guys still actively building your own rental portfolio? Or at this point, are you mostly maintaining what you have and, and trying to grow the, the property management business? Yeah. So I say the focus is really on the property management business. We do, you know, I'd say once a month, we come upon a deal that we just can't turn down. And we do pick up a, a property here and there, but that's not really the focus at this point. Um, the way I look at it is kind of no one wants our property management business to be run better than we do, right? So it's it's managing. I mean, we're up to about 200 units now, and uh, you know, all we think about is how do we get those run better and smarter? And you know, as we optimize our own property management company, it, it benefits us as owners, but also benefits all the other owners we work with. Yeah, that that may be the first time that I've heard a a positive outcome from a bachelor party. So that's uh, <laughs> that's that's cool. Yeah. So uh, you guys have been doing this almost a decade now. Um, you're, you're up to you know three thousand plus units. You know, you, you certainly probably have seen some some interesting things that you don't read about in books or hear in a lot of different places if you're thinking about getting into real estate. So. Kind of what I want to do is is kind of pick your brain on on some of the different things that you've seen at different life cycles of the property management, call it tenant life cycle, if you will. Sure. And I, I broke this down in kind of three different phases because I like the number three. And you can you can add or subtract as you see fit. But I, I kind of see this right as 
you've got the phase, the first part of the phase where you're you're showing tenants the units, you're screening them, you're getting them signed up and moved in, right? And then there's the phase where they're moved in, they're paying rent, hopefully. You know, you guys are getting maintenance requests, things are breaking, there's, you know, natural disasters, you know, all of that good stuff kind of during the time that the tenant's living in the property. And then the last phase I kind of see is, right, is like when the tenant's moving out, right, whether that's voluntary or involuntarily and, and kind of different things that have to happen in that phase. So maybe you could like that that first phase, right, when you guys are showing the properties, you're screening tenants, you're, you're getting them signed up. Do you have any like unique experiences or just maybe even more anecdotally, um, you know, how you guys think about doing this maybe differently or how you've had to improvise in the past to, you know, improve your business and get better at this phase of the business? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'll just give you like just one very specific example. I mean, obviously things have changed over time. One thing I think about is how do we make it as easy as possible for a tenant to both find a listing, but also to even schedule a showing. And and that sounds like such a little detail. But if you kind of think about how that normally happens, the the normal experience for a tenant working with, you know, just kind of your regular landlord is they see the listing, maybe they see it on Craigslist or whatever, and they see a phone number and they call the phone number. And, you know, it's probably 730 at night on a Sunday. They're calling the landlord doesn't answer because they're, you know, they have a life and they're doing their own thing. And then, you know, Monday morning, landlord calls tenant back, but now tenants at, at you know, hopefully their job. <laughs> right. right? And, <laughs> and so now you're kind of playing phone tag and trying to figure out what times work. Maybe you're emailing back and forth, but it's just not a great experience. And so um, we actually leverage uh, basically like three or four different technologies for it to all kind of come together, integrated where the tenant can actually on their mobile phone find our listing across, you know, a hundred different websites, including our own, but then can actually see when the local property manager is available to show the property, can actually book the showing right on their phone that very second. And then that showing pops up on the property manager's calendar as well as the tenant's calendar. And now the property manager, without ever having to do anything now has this showing on their calendar they know to go to. And the, the prospective tenant has never had to email us or call us if they didn't want to. So like, that's a pretty big change, right? And and then I think that it all kind of starts with I mean, my, my background in mobile, right? I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with, uh, I guess, mobile in general. I mean, we know that it's a pretty crazy number. 75% of all of our website traffic now comes from mobile devices. Wow. Uh, which is just kind of breathtaking, right? If you think about how that, how fast that has grown. I mean, I think even just a year and a half ago, that number was 50%. So, you know, I think, you know, the world of finding tenants is someone who is on their smartphone, who wants to figure out how to get in that unit to see it uh, as easily as possible. Yeah. And are you guys, uh, and this is interesting, right? And it, we see the same thing in our business, right? There's there's probably a lot of leakage in good quality tenant leads without this type of system, right? Because if you make the call, you get the voicemail, the guy calls you back on Monday, you're at work. You know, if two or three other landlords have gotten back to you and something's scheduled before then, like you may never ever see that tenant again, right? So like, I got to think you're, you're, it's kind of your sales funnel, right? You're getting more people actually through to a conversion point, which is seeing the unit, 
uh, just by simply automating this. So that's 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 really interesting. How long did it take you guys to kind of figure that out, or was that was that something like right out of the gate that you were like, "This is a big pain point for everyone. Let's fix this like right away." Yeah, I mean, when I look at our, our business, it's interesting. I think uh, you know, if you're not in the business, you think, "Well, that's pretty simple, right?" You know, tenant pays rent, show tenant apartment, you know, to get them in the apartment. Tenant pays rent on the first. You know, if there's a maintenance issue, go fix it. Uh, it's it's interesting. Like property management, what what makes it what I think is so difficult is just all these little things that can happen and how do you operationalize them to do them right every time. And so, you know, something like this, it definitely did not come in out of the gate, right? I mean, out of the gate, we were posting on Craigslist and we had a phone number and that was going to Nate, you know, and he was, well, I mean, at first he was actually a math teacher, right? So, I mean, he was literally (laughs) jumping out during lunch to call back a tenant saying, yeah, I can show it to you. Um, it's going to have to be after four o'clock, you know? Right, right. Um, so, you know, I mean, yeah, we've come, come so far. And I think that, you know, most of the things we do in our business, they're not silver bullets. There are things that we have just evolved over time. But I actually think, I mean, you know, my experience of kind of building the business up, I think real estate in general, it's not silver bullets. It's all evolving processes and data and tech and ways of doing things. And you're just trying to get incrementally better, right? And so for us, it was first, okay, let's use tech to post this on more than just Craigslist. Then let's make sure we have a full-time receptionist who can answer the phone when the phone rings and schedule appointments. You know, Then let's figure out a way for someone to schedule that on their phone. Then let's integrate Google Calendar. You know, you just kind of one by one, yeah. you integrate through. And so, I mean, I, I, that's how, how I think about a lot of this stuff. I mean, a lot of the tech that we utilize whether it's our own investing or on the private management side, a lot of it, we just kind of keep evolving every day thinking what, what is the process that's not working well? And then how do you, how do you fix it? It's never really done. Right. And are you, are you guys, are you guys doing any type of like uh, tenant qualification on that mobile application to kind of make sure you're getting people that are, are actually worth spending the time to go out and show the unit or what, what does that, what does that process look like? Yeah. So uh, the actual application side of it doesn't happen until after they see the property. Um, we've, on our perspective of this, and, and there's lots of arguments on either side, but I, we find that by forcing a tenant to apply before they see it, they get nervous about just the upfront application fee any amount of time it takes to apply. I guess even just just more simply, like, are you asking questions around, like, do you have a credit score above 600? Do you have a job? Like, Yeah, that's what I was going. For sure. Okay, gotcha. Right. Gotcha. So um, and what we try to do is be as frank as possible, right? And just open with these tenants and say, look, here are here's what we're looking for. You know, credit score income requirements against the rent amount. You know, if you've had evictions in the last five years, don't apply, right? Because you're, you're not going to, uh, that's not going to work here. You know, so we try to look for things. We, we try to, we, we put that actually in our ads because the way I look at it is, I, you know, let's not waste anyone's time, yeah. right? So let's just be as transparent as possible. I think that's another theme we've found in the business trying to run like a forward thinking company is, like we always want to err on the side of transparency and you know, some people may think that's a little strange to put all that info out front before they see the apartment or how transparent we are with our owners. But I, I, I just think that's the way to run a company, right? It's like, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. We, we tell our sales guys like, and gals, like people don't mind hearing no, 
as long as they haven't invested a lot in getting to that no, right? So like the quicker you can, the quicker you can get them to a no uh, with like a reasonable explanation as to why, the better off. So I would imagine that kind of same principle applies here. Um, yeah, for sure. I would just say the other thing that's really interesting, we tried to avoid one-off policies. So when we first started, it was interesting, you know, a tenant would apply and, and it's like every person you're you're kind of taking on a one-off basis and you're, and you're saying like, well, their credit score is this, you know, what do you think? And and now, I mean, we try to just put very specific rules and procedures in place that allow people to just make pretty cut and dry decisions. And, and it's, it's never, it's not always that easy, but throughout the company, we found the more strict the policies are and the more black and white it is, I, I always tell our guys, it's like, you know, when you go to McDonald's and you order a Big Mac, you don't negotiate what the price is. Right. right. You, know? you order the Big Mac, you know, what that burger is coming, you know, what's going to be on it and you know what it's going to cost because the price is right there. And because of that, you just pay and you walk away. And so, you know, in real estate, for some reason, more than other industries, it feels like everything is negotiable sometimes. Yep. Uh, and I just think that I, I, I've started to find that a lot of forward thinking companies are trying to move away from that and move towards more transparency and less negotiation. And I'm finding their their results mirror our own, which is actually no one likes negotiating, <laughs> right? right? The reality is everyone likes transparency, whether that's tenants or or owners. And so we just try to be really clear up front of how, how things work. Makes a lot of sense. So let's let's move on to then maybe the second phase, right? You've, you've shown some tenants, you've got them through the application process, they, they get moved in, right? And you start with obviously collecting the rent and then, you know, things occur throughout the term of the lease, not maybe for all the tenants, but for some percentage of your tenants. How do you guys, how do you guys kind of think about leveraging technology and thinking a little bit differently about, you know, managing to a tenant that now is in one of your, one of your properties? Yeah. So, I mean, I think about it as there's, there's, there's two, two main things that come up, right? So one is making sure people are paying rent, right? And then the yeah. second is home maintenance. And we, we kind of break these out and, and have different workflows for each you know, on the rent collection side. So, I mean, some of these things are basic, you know, you can pay rent online, but the, you know, one thing we, we think is really important. And, and again, I think some people may disagree with this, but we file for an eviction on the 16th of the month, every month. And if the tenant hasn't paid, that's when we file. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a weird, I mean, that's, that's a tough thing to have to do to have a very strict standard, but um, we, we find that like really hard processes like that, are a lot easier than kind of living in the gray area. So yeah, I was going to say, what what kind of led to that that business decision around, you know, you know what, on the 16th, doesn't matter who you are, what excuse you have, how good of a yeah. tenant you've been up to this point, 16th, like we're, we're moving on it. Yeah. I mean, so what we found was just that it is really hard to make a judge, a, a good judgment call of when to file an eviction. Right. So we started to look at data of, you know, okay, we evaluated this person. Therefore, we we thought the right judgment call was to not file for a month because they're going to get back on track. And was that the right call? And what we found was the reality is we don't think humans are capable of making that call. That there is just no no evidence that 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 call was being made properly. And so what we decided to do was just be crystal clear with all our tenants. Here's how things work. It's terrible. I hate it. It's the worst part of the job. But it, it actually kind of helps because 
I kind of go back to my McDonald's analogy, right? If you go up to the, the counter and you say, well, hey, I want a burger, but I want to pay you for it in two days. McDonald's doesn't say, okay, I'll let you pay in two days, right? Right. And, and so because of it, no one complains. They just order a burger and they pay for it. And so we've actually found it's just, it's just better for everyone if we have really clear procedures like that. It actually makes our property managers less stressed because they don't have to kind of uh, play judge and jury every uh, month. So, I mean, that's kind of one example. And then on the flip side is home maintenance, which is, is surprisingly a really tough challenge to figure out how to quickly and cost-effectively fix problems in the home. And so, I mean, I, there's all sorts of stuff we do for that. I mean, I'll give you just one really cool tech example of something we do. All of our, so all our maintenance guys are full-time employees, which is really strange and a little unusual in the industry. And most people hire contractors, but we like employees because then they're dedicated to our company. We're able to train them over time. Uh, they really like our company. They like working for us. So there's some, you know, they, 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 they care about their work a little bit more. But then we do something that you couldn't really do with contractors. We actually put an app on their phone that tracks everywhere they go. And uh, it sounds super big brother, and that's not what we're going for at all. But what it allows us to do is two things. One, our, our uh, maintenance guys, they actually clock in and out of a job on their phone, which is pretty slick. Uh, and so we can properly assign a bill to each thing. But the other thing it allows us to do is make sure that someone is where they say they are, uh, which, you know, sounds pretty basic, but uh, anyone who's worked with uh, maintenance crews before realized that, you know, sometimes someone says they're somewhere and the reality is they're somewhere else. So we had a guy one time who was working on a job that, that just kind of took too long. And we looked at his GPS and it turned out he was supposed to be in Harrisburg and he went to Philadelphia for the day. <laughs> uh, you know, so, I mean, that's, man, what a great use of tech, you know, call him the right. next day and say, Hey, this is, this is not going to work. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think, I think that's the kind of stuff you can do when you have, when you're really kind of adopting kind of cutting edge technology. Yeah. And is that, is that tech that's like available out there for people or is that something that you either built in house or kind of took a, something else that had maybe a different use case and applied it for your particular business? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say most of the tech, probably about two thirds to three quarters of our tech is licensed and then integrated together. And then I'd say like a quarter of our tech is home built and we're probably building more as we go. But I will say the integration piece is really crucial. Like, yeah. you know, these, these technology softwares, I'm sure you guys work with some too, that, that we leverage, they, they don't just come out of the box ready to rock and roll. You know, like there's definitely a lot of customization and then integration. I mean, we, we use lots of different technologies that we have to kind of integrate together. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it's not always the easiest. And sometimes the manual stuff feels easier because you don't have to kind of roll out this new tech. But long term, I mean, I always tell real estate investors, like, you, if you want to scale your business and you want it to kind of work on autopilot, you got to invest in technology. Yep. It's the only way, right? I like to say I try to put myself out of a job every day by automating something either with technology right. or uh, or uh, or process. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, Cool. So let's move on to maybe the last phase. I know you hit on it a little bit with, with you know, tenant now is it's time to move on. Um, and maybe we can focus in on the, the, the involuntarily leaving the property through an eviction process. Um, we talked a little bit about your guys' process on, on 16 days. You just move on it. Maybe you could, so maybe you should share with us is, 
you know, what have you seen that in, in, in kind of your opinion is the most creative thing that a tenant has tried to stay in the property after having kind of not met their obligations to pay, pay rent? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> this one's tough to even, uh, this is, so, this is, uh, this is tough. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, I, we could go on and on telling crazy stories about tenants. Um, the most, uh, what I think is one of the one of the most absurd is we had a tenant who not only tried to convince a judge that we weren't filing correctly, but then tried to convince the judge to call all of the other local judges in the city to tell them we weren't filing correctly. Um, <laughs> and and man, you just start thinking to yourself like, like wow, like that's just so much work. What if you just I mean, I hate to say it, but what if you just paid your rent on time? You know, <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> um, and uh, I mean, I think the good news at, at a company like ours is we, you know, we actually do file properly. You know, we, we abide by landlord tenant laws. Um, but the thing that I find that that's really, I think, a little unfair to owners, and, and we're seeing this more and more all the time, is each local judge kind of taking the law and sort of customizing it to what they, how they think the law reads, mm-hmm. which uh, just doesn't quite seem like that's what should happen, right? Like, yeah. um, and so, I mean, I, I know I talk to landlords all the time. They're just so frustrated by it that not only do you have to know the law and follow the law, but you almost have to know how the local judge interprets the law uh, because some of these guys are just, you know, th- these tenants, they... Uh, they are they are willing to spend a lot of time uh, trying to figure out ways around paying rent, and it's and it's probably the case that they know more. The tenants know may know more about the the law and the loopholes and the judges than than uh, than you guys do because they've been through it a time or two before. So I, I think for sure when we first got started, right? And I think yeah. at this point now we we we're kind of past that intro period. Um, but I mean, I remember our first couple of months just being shocked at the knowledge of landlord tenant <laughs> law that some of these tenants have, right? You yeah. think to yourself, man, like, uh, wow. Maybe you should, thought, maybe you should, maybe you should hire them. Give, give right. Them solve, solve right. Problems. <laughs> yeah. And I'll give you one more tenant story just because it seems like you're looking for a, a funny story. Uh, and this is also not on the fun side of things. We had a tenant who we bought a property actually. And, uh, a bunch of people who weren't paying rent, we evicted, them. Um, we're in there cleaning the, the property up on like a Thursday morning. And one of the tenants comes flying into the uh, apartment building, kind of screaming at us and saying uh, that they're going to, they're going to burn the property down. And uh, you know, our maintenance tech thinks this, you know, wow, this person's really been out of shape, talks to him a little bit, says, you know, I'm sorry, like you, you hadn't paid rent the whole way to do this. And um, so then it turns out that night, the tent, the building actually burnt down. And the wow. tenant followed through on their claim, which was, you know, one of those like horror stories that makes people scared of real estate, I guess. Um, so oh, goodness, you know, so you know, we, uh, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, it's one thing to, to say you're going to do something. It's, it's almost even another thing to burn a house down, but to say you're going to burn it down and then three hours later actually do it is, uh, taking things to a whole new level. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to maintain some level of uh, optimism about the, uh, the, the population at large when you deal with some of these stories that, uh, that happen in real estate, right? They're, they're, for every one of those guys, there's still, you know, a thousand people that just want a, a nice place to live is what I always try to tell myself in this business. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's weird, right? It's like, 
I find that the more we do this, that, um, you know, I mean, so we had like 3000 tenants and, you know, 2,900 or more are great people who yep. do what they, you know, who, you know, like working with us, pay their rent on time, you know, take care of the property. Owners love them. And uh, it's definitely that long tail that, that kind of gets a bad rap for real estate overall. And, uh, you know, you just try to, try to push through that and remember that the majority of, of homeowners and, uh, and tenants are actually pretty good people. It's just some of these crazy stories that, uh, those ones stick, stick out in your mind. So yeah, totally. look, we're running out of time and we're running out of time. I know you got to jump. You're a busy guy. Um, last question that I wanted to get in is you guys obviously killing it up to 3000 units. seems like you've, you've done a, an awesome job of, around building a scalable business. And I'm curious, like what, what, what does your business look like two years, three years, four years from now? Where are you guys, where do you guys want to take this? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think, so I mean, we started out being a kind of a central Pennsylvania company. Uh, then we found there was a need for what we do in more places. Um, you know, we expanded into New Jersey, the Philly area, and, and that's going well. And, and we're continuing to expand. I think as we look towards the next couple of years, you know, probably two things, one on the kind of product side, how do we build and leverage more tech to create better experiences for owners and, and tenants? So that, and with my kind of engineering background, I'm really passionate about that and always asking our team, what else can we build our license? And then on the kind of geography front, I mean, we're already kind of getting requests in kind of neighboring states and cities. And so the idea is to keep operationalizing it and allow us to grow into more geographies where people, frankly, you know, want to invest more, but are having trouble because there's not quality property management at a decent rate. You know, I mean, we, we charge like six to seven percent as a management fee, and I think what we're hearing is that's you know a bit unusual on the lower side to some other areas. So yeah, it's kind of two things, right? Adopt more tech, and then expand into more geographic locations. Uh, that's kind of what the next couple of years look like. What's what's the goal for number of units you want to be at in say twenty by twenty twenty? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, uh, I think over ten thousand units by 2020 is our goal. Um, and then the, the long-term goal of the company is to build a company that can handle 40,000 units, um, which, which these, these sound like huge numbers, but, uh, the, the trick is all around using economies of scale and operational efficiencies to run a better company. And if we do that, everything else will, will come together. That's awesome. So let's, let's get out of here on this. You, listeners out there, they've got properties. Maybe they're, they're managing themselves. There's, there's, there's people here, I'm sure, listening that have smaller property management companies than yourself. What, what parting advice would you give to those folks on, you know, if there's one thing they can do right now today to be a better property manager, what would, what would that be? Uh, that's a good question. One thing to do today. Yeah, I mean, I've really hit on the tech side of things pretty hard. And so it probably sounds pretty cliche, but I would think about what is the thing that is causing you the most trouble? Like what are, whether it's tenant related, home maintenance, uh, what's taking the most of your time? And then I would just become obsessed with finding the technology that you can use to automate it or create better operational flow. And again, I man, it sounds like a pretty cliche answer because people probably sick of hearing me talk about tech, but I, <laughs> I think that's the big one, right? Is I just think uh, real estate 
for some reason, again, compared to other industries, has just not been disrupted by technology as fast as other industries have. And I just think it's a, it's a huge opportunity to be a better landlord by using more technology. Like I say, we're not, we're not putting people on the moon. It's all about execution. Um, it sounds like you guys are, are, are doing exactly that. So, Chad, really appreciate your time. Last thing, where can, uh, where can our listeners get in touch if they, uh, if they want to, you know, learn more about what you guys have to offer from a services standpoint? What's the best place to get in touch? Yeah. I mean, you can always welcome to email me, uh, chad at slatehousegroup.com or just go to our website. Uh, it's slatehousegroup.com. And uh, yeah, we have a whole bunch of stuff on there. You know, YouTube videos of different uh, things we've learned over the years of investing. And uh, yeah, always kind of looking to help people grow their investing however we can. Awesome. Thanks for the time. Check out his YouTube channel. You guys you guys started a relatively new YouTube channel too, right? So check, check that out. Um, uh, yeah. Probably tons of great content on there. Uh, really appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, until next time, signing Sounds off. Sounds awesome. Thanks so much for having us. This is great. Thanks, Chad. All right, bye.